Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message brought to you by John Crampton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Wow. So many things happening. There's a, a wonderful sense of, of release as we step into this new, this new season, this new era. And um, we could just sense this morning as we were just you know, praying and um, just, hey, what's the Lord doing? What's he saying? And the sense of ease and, uh, and just an enjoying of the Lord, a delighting in him. And um, certainly that's, that's carried through this morning. So isn't that good? Yay. Right? I mean, we've said before, um, church should be the happiest place on the planet. The rest of you not converted yet. Okay. We'll work on you slowly. Um, but, you know, if, we, if we're connected to the Lord and we're rightly aligned with him, then he's going to release his life to us. And the fruit of the Spirit, like right up near the top of the list, is joy. Yeah, so we believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so when the Holy Spirit is at, is at work in our lives, and we're being transformed, we're being changed into His image, the, the, we were made in His image, then the fall came in, and that image got twisted and marred and scarred. But through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, He is restoring us into the image of our Father. And so the Spirit brings to us the very nature of God and transforms us to be more like Him. And so the fruit of that is love and... Mm. So when you get a lot of God's people gathered together, we call that church... It's the gathering of God's people. When you get a lot of God's people, then you get a lot of joy. Therefore, the church should be the happiest place on the planet. Look, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. So, we just kind of put a stake in the ground and we said, this place is called Joyburg. Yay. If you don't like joy, you'd better relocate. Because if you live in Joyburg, you're going to be infected. I was just saying this morning, I'm, I'm in a naughty mood today. And when I'm in a naughty mood, I sometimes, uh-oh, okay, we'll be all right. So, we've been examining, if you like, re applying some of the story of God's dealings with his people into our kind of situation. And we, we just sort of put a different view on what was taking place. And the Bible records a time when the whole nation went into a lockdown for 70 years. It's called the captivity. And some of you felt a little bit captive in your home, especially in the hard lockdown period. Yeah, couldn't go out, couldn't go anywhere, whatever. And, um, and because the message, you know, that was being pumped through the airways, like you better be very afraid of this thing. In fact, the best thing you can do is, is fear. That was the message that was coming 
across the airwaves. Uh, and, um, and so unfortunately, they were very good at that message. And, uh, and so it's resulted in a lot of people being distrustful of one another, not trusting in the Lord. Yeah, I'm not just talking about unbelievers. I mean, unfortunately, even believers kind of like, wow, the Lord can't beat this thing. This is too big. This is too difficult. And, and I'm not talking about being you know, stupid and, and disobedient and, and all the rest of it. I'm just saying, even with protocols, you don't have to embrace fear. We can do things out of honor. You, know, you talk about a culture of honor. So you can do things out of honor, honor for the government, honor for those in authority. But you're doing it from a place of love and confidence in the Lord, not from a place of fear. So that those who are weaker in their faith will not stumble. Yeah. But in all of this, we look to the Lord his goodness, his kindness, his faithfulness. And if he's led us thus far, Ebenezer, set up a memorial to remind you, man, look at all the testimonies. Look at all the good things that God has done. Set it up as a memorial stone, something that will remind you of God's goodness and faithfulness up to this point. Now, why would he suddenly stop? No, it's his nature. Didn't you just love that this morning? Thank you, Gwen. It's, um, it's a bittersweet time because we sang goodbye to Gwen. She's relocating. And uh, so we'll, we'll pray for them as well. But uh, just thank you. You've blessed us so much. And I just love that song, singing about his nature. It's his nature to cause streams to flow in the wilderness. It's his nature. You might find yourself in a wilderness. You might find yourself in a very difficult place. But don't buy into the fear narrative. Feed yourself on the manna, the bread of heaven. And as we feed on him... His very nature feeds us, strengthens us. God never worries about the future. Hmm? Fear is imagining a future without God. Faith is imagining the future with God. Based on his word, his promises, his directives to us. Faith causes us to see the future the way God sees the future. And he's in the future there with us. Hmm. So many good things. So. There was a, a famous personality his nickname was the Bullfrog. His real name is Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah. He had a quite a large following. And um, fortunately in those days, they weren't blocking feeds, these social posts and things. And uh, he was a prophet to the nation and the nations. And he lived around the time as Israel was about to go into exile and then the beginning stages of the exile. Now, just to give you a little bit of the background, after, gee, I don't want to start back in the garden. Anybody heard of a guy called King David? He came after a guy called King Saul. And David had a son, Solomon, the wisest and the wealthiest oak on the planet. 
And after him, there were some good guys and some bad guys in terms of kings and leaders. And the people of God, at times, would turn their hearts towards the Lord and serve him. And at other times, they would be in a state of apostasy. In other words, they would turn away from worshiping, serving the Lord. During those times, God in his kindness and his mercy would send prophets who would send out tweets and call them back. Repent, turn from these ways, because if you stay on this particular direction, you will end up in a dead-end street. And sometimes the people listened, they heeded, they obeyed, and the nation would turn back to God. And other times, the nation just ignored whatever was said through the prophets, and they would go about doing their own thing. Eventually, it got to the point where the Lord said, all right, as we looked at last week with uh, Habakkuk, Habakkuk prophesied the lockdown. So he was pre-lockdown prophet. And he said, God is going to raise up another nation, and he's going to send the Babylonians these guys also, you know, two Facebook profiles. Chaldeans, Babylonians, two names, same, same people. And the Lord would raise them up. And the difficulty was that these guys were bad. I mean, okay, John, don't go there. Be nice. And so the quandary was, Lord, how can you use something like this, this heavy-handed bunch of people and and their whole lockdown approach captivity how can you use it to accomplish your purposes this is not fair and God says don't worry my purposes will be accomplished and in fact these guys will also get sorted out in the process and they might think they're really strong but actually they're going to come down and the glory of the Lord if they think their glory is magnificent Don't worry, their fame will be as nothing because the glory of the Lord will be known. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord will be known right across the planet, even as the waters cover the sea. So then he's emboldened and he says, Lord, we've heard of your fame. We've heard of your mighty deeds in the past. Renew them in our day. Do it again, Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, Lord, if there are no cattle in the stall, if there are no sheep in the pen, if there are no figs on the tree, if there are no grapes on the vine, yet I will praise the Lord. I will rejoice in God my Savior. So it's a determination of the heart, regardless of the toughness of the condition, the situation that's going to be faced, Lord, we will still trust you. That's powerful, people. Yeah? Let me try this bunch. That is just remarkable. Because of all the Christian TV that they were watching in those days. They had believed all this nonsense about, you know, everything will always be fine as long as you contribute to my ministry. (laughs) They didn't get it. I told you I was naughty. change tech the Lord wants to grab hold of our attention about what he's doing in the nations okay I'm linking this to some some messages that I shared when we were not able to meet in person and I shared with you out of Hebrews 12 that God is bringing, he's releasing an unshakable kingdom. That all the things that can be shaken will be shaken so that the unshakable things of the kingdom will remain. 
Some of you were tuning in. Thank you. We also noted that in this time, God is so big that he's still bigger than nations. He's still bigger than world organizations. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. He can cause nations to rise and he can cause nations to fall. And we spoke about the prophetic words that the Lord was doing a reset in this decade. And we were kind of like, yay, when we got the word in January, but we weren't sure that it was going to play out the way it has. But now that we're beginning to see what's happening, we're recognizing God was speaking. Okay, let me talk to this bunch here. So many people questioned and said, no prophet saw this thing coming. What's wrong with all the prophetic people? What are the church leaders up to? They completely missed it. They blind guides. Heard that? You're very polite. Thank you. Yes. Did we not see this coming? No, we saw this coming. The Lord put in our hearts that we, as a family gathered in this place, would be family and we would not do a show for you. And we were not going to do the worship for you, but we together, as the people of God, as the family, were together going to be the choir. We together were going to be the worshipers. We together were not going to come just to be entertained, but we were coming to grow in the Lord so that we would be mature and be able to stand on our own even if we were unable to meet physically in the building. And I don't know how many years ago, but I did say it a few years ago, let's get ourselves ready so that if at any time we were not able to meet physically in person in the building, we would still stand. Did we prepare? Oh, yes, we did. In fact, we said, remember, that the most important part of being in the Breakthrough family is not Sunday morning, but in actual fact, Wednesday evening. Because that is where we are family and we do life together. We were preparing so that when the lockdown came, actually, boom, all the infrastructure was in place. We were ready. We were prepared. We had the WhatsApp groups. We had the connections. We had all the things set in place for those who listened and obeyed. See, the point that we said over and over again, it's not about Sunday, but it's about Monday through Saturday. And we've been saying that for years. It's not about what I can do for you on a Sunday morning, but it's as we together are living for the Lord, we come together to encourage one another and to celebrate what he's doing. Yeah, I'm not getting you to heaven. Daryl, any of the other leaders, we are not getting you to heaven. You, in your walk with Jesus, are being established in spiritual maturity, and he, will, he who started a good thing in you will bring it through to completion. Right? So we're not relying on somebody else to get us into heaven. Hmm? Okay, now do not misunderstand me here. Because some people then take that and then misunderstand and say, oh, well then I don't need the body. I don't need quote-unquote church. It's just me and Jesus. I don't need anyone. It's kind of like, well, you've got too many pages in your Bible you have to tear out in order to embrace that kind of thinking. Us four no more Is a, is a very, very 
weak substitute for what the full body is when it's gathered together, loving one another, serving one another, and doing exploits together for the kingdom. One puts a thousand to flight, two, 10,000. So this thing of synergy adding together, there's increased impact. All right. So I think that's a reminder to keep moving or not. So we were prepared. The Lord had been working. We didn't know exactly how it would work out. Just as when Habakkuk prophesied the lockdown, they didn't understand what the lockdown would look like. But they were prepared that things were going to shift and change. God was actually going to be sorting things out because he wasn't very happy with what was going on. And there was the rise and the fall of nations. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And we've already seen a massive reset in some nations in, in this time during the lockdown. Right? Okay. So. The thing of the lockdown was 70 years in Babylon. There was the, uh, the raising up of the Babylonians under the leadership of King Nebuchadnezzar. And Neb and his gang in uh, about 506 BC, they laid siege to Jerusalem and um, so they sorted them out and, um, and they took the first wave of exiles, including the king. The first wave went about 2,700 kilometers on an excursion to Babylon. And then there was another wave. There was a bit of a revolt and so on. And in uh, 597, so 605 BC was the first wave. 597 was the second wave and 586 was the third and final wave where they took the majority of people that went into captivity and that's when the temple was destroyed. Solomon's temple that was destroyed in 586 BC. So there were three waves on the exit side. And so Jeremiah, he's prophesying and he prophesies Jeremiah chapter 29, if you want to turn there, around about 597. So this is when the second wave is taking place, all right? Jeremiah is sending a word to the people that they would get an understanding of what the lockdown was all about, all right? And, um, and so when we get an understanding of what God is doing on the planet and in our lives, in the nation, it helps to give us a bit of a perspective on what's happening around us. So if you were here last week, you would have heard me giving the, the contrast by asking the question, so whose story is it? Is the story of your life all about you? Or is the story all about God and you, by the grace and mercy of God, have been written into the script? But actually, it's all about him. The central character is God. You just happen to be one of the extras in the background. I put it to you that unfortunately, most people think that they're the center of the story. Most Christians think that they're the center of the story. That God exists to keep me happy. Meet all my needs and keep me safe all of the time. And that nothing hard could ever affect or impact my life. You've got that Sunday go to church look on your face now. I can see it even behind that mask. I can see it. 
inherently almost all of us want to long to be safe and comfortable. Very few of us put up a hand and say, can I please have another dose of hardship? So there's a tendency to, you know, we, we want things to be comfortable and we want things to be easy. Yes, we recognize that, you know, reward comes with, with effort, but even with that effort, we, we still want it to be somewhat easy. Downhill winded our back. Even if we are running, but that's the conditions we want. We want favorable conditions, even as we're putting in our effort. And we see a lot of scriptures that talk about that sort of thing. And we kind of like, yes, and then we put a boundary around that. And we say, God can only do this. I'm running out of sides to talk to this morning. <laughs> I'll talk to the people at home. <laughs> the Lord wants us to get a larger picture, picture and perspective on what he's doing. The sweep of church history, the, the sweep of biblical history is that God does some big things. And by his grace, he's appointed us our time and our place and our season that we might flourish and we would do well for him and with him in that time and that season but we're actually part of a very, very big narrative. Yeah? And, and so throughout biblical history, we see the rise and fall of nations, and we see the, the Lord using different circumstances to show and teach his people different things at different times. And if you only get one season, you never get the benefit of what God has for you in the other season. I've mentioned this before. We want spring and summer. Beautiful sunshiny days, nice and warm, not too many heat waves, please. Let the rains come, fruitfulness, green, life, growth, yay, sunshiny days, right? That's what we, we kind of, Lord, that's what I'm believing you for. Lord, keep autumn and winter far from me. In fact, I'm cursing the devil because I think the devil is the one who's in charge of winter and autumn. But why do we need autumn and winter? Because in the autumn and the winter is when the real growth is taking place. It's when the roots are going down deeper. It's when the nutrients are being sucked into the core of the plant coming from the extremities, the twigs and branches, where the leaves are, the energy, the sap, everything comes to the core. And there's a strengthening of the core. And the root system gets firmly established in the winter. And those big winds are vital to shake up the ground, loosen things up so there's space for the roots to go down even deeper. And the wind strengthens the plant. I bind you wind. Well then you're not going to grow. Lord save me from winter. You're going to be a measly Christian. If you don't grow through the winter season. There are times of abundance and fruitfulness and harvest. And then there are times of deep work, 
deep maturity, strengthening on the inside. With the rise and fall of nations, God is doing this on a much grander scale. And because it's all about him and his story and not about you and your story, sometimes you misunderstand because of the flow of things where you find yourself in his story that you might think God is not happy with you. Or you might think the devil is winning. You might think that God has lost the plot. You might want to be really despondent and grumpy and broken hearted and oh, forget this stuff. You know, I tried it. They said, come to Jesus and everything would be fine. But look at all this winter in my life. Forget this. I'm looking for another summer. So Jeremiah, are you there yet? This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jehoiakim and the queen mother, the court officials and the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the skilled workers and the artisans had gone into exile from Jerusalem. So he entrusted the letter to Elasa, son of Shaphan, and to Jemariah, son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. All of that stuff there, which doesn't mean a lot to us, but actually it just proves the accuracy of the time period and who was around. So when you read these things in the scriptures, don't get upset. It's kind of like, oh, this is meaningless. No, it's valid proof that the scriptures are real, genuine. It did happen. We can know exactly who was there and the time periods and so on. Okay? So this is why we know this is written at about 597 BC. It's pretty accurate dating. And he's now sending this to the guys who are part of that first wave. Now these other guys are going across there as well, the second wave. And he's writing to these guys and he's giving them a message. They're going into lockdown. Right? Habakkuk prophesied, but he was a ways off. Now Jeremiah is prophesying and it's beginning to unfold. This is the beginning of lockdown. This is like the pre-lockdown phase, you know, when we did the 21 days before we went into level five. Or what was, how many was it? 10 days before we did. It was so long ago. We did 10 days, was it? And then we started officially. No, that was the start of the lockdown five, level five, which is 21 days, which got extended by another two weeks. That was level five. Prior to that, when we had our last meeting here with hardly anybody in the building that time. This is the equivalent. Jeremiah standing up. Actually, he's writing a letter, sends an email. No, it was taken by hand. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, he says to all those are carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Sorry, who carried them into exile? What's Jeremiah doing? He's saying, listen, yes, Nebuchadnezzar was involved, but actually God took you into exile. What? God, how can you do this? How can you allow this to happen? This is terrible. The business that I've been passing down to my kids, you know, the shekels and everything that we've managed to build up generation after generation, You know, all the olives that I've been growing and whatever. Now, Lord, this is not fair. Jeremiah is helping him to realize and understand that God is actually working and behind the events 
in human history. And you might think, or the Chaldeans might think, that because they're the superpower of the day, that they can get away with things. It's kind of like, whoa, you're only able to get away with things because God is allowing you to do these things. And in fact, in some really weird, strange, difficult to understand way, God is using these wicked people to actually sort out his own people. In Afrikaans they say, Je kan een hou met krom I'll translate that for some of you. You can still hit a straight shot with a crooked club. God used a crooked club, the Babylonians, to sort out and to straighten out his people. There were a number of things that God was doing in this whole process. We'll get to, to some of that at another week. But at the moment, for us to recognize, God was actually involved in all of this. What am I saying? Hello, what am I saying about 2020? I know it's hard to understand. I know it's hard to fathom. But God is way bigger than the World Health Organization. God is way bigger than the news agencies. I mean, they're getting it wrong all the time. But he's bigger than them. So you, in your heart, you can be fighting against level one. Why do I still have to do all this stuff? Why am I still wearing a mask? Why this, why that? And you can get yourself agitated and annoyed and start pointing the finger and accusing God of this, that, and the next thing. It's kind of like, you know what? Just take a step back. The story is not about you. God's doing some bigger things. And there's some strange things that are going on. Everybody's like it's a dress-up party. Everybody's pretending they're doctors and nurses. Walking around all day with a mask in front of them. I was going, doctor? No, I'm fine, thank you. And you, doctor? No, so. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, he says to those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is God saying, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Pray for the government. Oh, but they're the ones who imposed this lockdown. They're stifling my business. They're a bunch of skillums. Look what they did with the 500 billion. Yeah, and? Pray. But they don't deserve my prayers. It's not about whether they deserve or not. Yeah, but these thugs, the Gauteng government, look what they did. Pray. Yeah, but my friend lost this. Pray. 
It's not fair. Pray. Look what they're doing to the farms. Pray. Yeah, but... God's getting us on this man. We think we know it all. We think we're so clued up on everything. Guys, this is a way bigger thing than what we actually think it is. And don't get into all your conspiracy stuff. There's not a reason to go all crazy like that. And it actually doesn't even matter. Listen, man. It didn't matter if it was the Egyptians or the Babylonians or the Assyrians or the Medes or later the Persians. It actually didn't matter. God was accomplishing his purposes. It actually doesn't matter who the governing political party is. Look, it was lovely knowing you. Thank you for coming to church. You know, have a good life. I'll see you in heaven. Guys, we get so wrapped up in the nitty-gritty stuff that's in front of us. God can use anything or anyone. Ask Balaam. Now, I'm not calling those in authority... God can use anyone. Seek the peace, prosperity, because if it prospers, one of the other translations talks about welfare. The welfare. It's a state of heart, it's a state of being. Lord, we're seeking the welfare of Gauteng. We're seeking the welfare of this nation. For all who live in it. Yeah? It's not just about, hey, Lord, protect me. Lord, this whole nation. The crazy thing is the disparities that have been um, put on display through this thing. It's just like, oh my goodness. Things are really very challenging. Okay. Now, why are we taking the time to go through this? Jeremiah, he prophesied around about the second wave. There was still a third wave to come. Let he who has ears to hear, let him hear. The corona wave was just one wave. we can see the economic wave is about to roll across. Remember this day when it happens and you say, nobody ever prophesied. Oh yes, John was actually prophesying through the preaching about another wave that was coming. That's good news. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty says, the God of Israel. He says, do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. Do not listen to the false dreams, the dreams that you are actually wanting them to have so they tell you what you want to hear. That's the, the essence here. You actually, the, the, the original context is, is you are encouraging them to have false dreams so they can give you a false interpretation. In the, later in this chapter, and we won't have time to go through it today, but God, he comes out really strongly against some false prophets. And um, they were so false that they were basically stealing the money and they were having multiple affairs. And God says, you are coming down. 
I wonder what's happening in this nation right now. I wonder. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. Verse 10. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed of the lockdown, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. So remember Jeremiah, he's in Jerusalem and he's writing to the first and probably the second wave that's gone across. And the Lord is saying, 70 years and I'm going to bring you back to Jerusalem. So you know what? Take heart, settle down, plant, do all these things, have children, grandchildren, do the whole thing in the middle of lockdown. This is not the end of it all. I'm sorting things out. There's some processes that are at work in this place. I'm sorting things out for my glory. The glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. Everybody like that scripture? Yeah? The glory of the later, the latter house, will be bigger, greater than the glory of the former house. When was that prophesied? While the former house was still standing. Hello? While they were in revival, the Lord said there's an even bigger revival coming. There was quite a long gap between the revivals. That's why he says, listen, even if it tarries, even if it's taking a long time, write it down on your tablet. Use your smart device. Write it down on your tablet. Pray. Hold on to it. It's going to come. So Jeremiah, he then breaks into the scripture that you've got in your fridge. And you thought that Jeremiah gave this word when everything was summer. Now he's just prophesied, guys, there's a time of winter. There's a time of digging deep. There's a time of internal maturity that other people can't see. It's not so much external and visible. It's an internal maturing, strengthening, a winter time. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and all the places where I've banished you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. For I know the plans that I have for you. Plans for your good. Plans to prosper you. Not to harm you. When did he prophesy this? They just switched from level 3 going up to level 4 and they're about to go to level 5 in 586 when they destroy everything. In other words, their levels went up the other way. They're just stepping into the beginning stages of lockdown and the Lord says to them, as they're about to go into 70 years of lockdown, the plans I have for you, these next 70 years are for your good. And at the end of these 70 years, we're all going to come back and we'll be able to do it together again. And then the glory, as Habakkuk says, is going to be even better. Okay. A whole lot more we could have said. But there's always another day. God's got good plans for you. This decade, this hinge year, and this hinge decade, there are going to be some things 
that we're going to be walking through for quite a while. It's probably not the message you wanted to hear. There are probably going to be some things we're going to have to navigate for quite a long time. But the Lord wants to let you know He's with you, He's in all of this, and ultimately, it's for His glory. He's answering your prayers. You know, you know those prayers that we put music to? Let your glory be known. Let your glory be known. You, you sang that song? Three of you. <laughs> we won't stop. Stop singing till the whole earth looks like heaven. Yes? Sang that song? Gotcha. God's answering the prayer. He's doing it perhaps in a different way than what you thought. But he's rearranging things. And he works a different timetable from the one we work at. We want it all like now. God's saying, whoa, there are so many others. There's so many others who need to be part of the family. Let's give them a chance to get in. And I'm going to do something, even if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. Heard that before? Yeah, there was Isaiah. He said, guys, man. Even if I tell you this stuff, you wouldn't even believe what I'm going to do. Can you even perceive I'm doing a new thing? Can you perceive it? It's kind of like, no, you can't perceive it. Lord, help us to try and perceive. But he's doing things that are way different, way bigger, in a completely other normal than we thought would be normal. And he's doing things because he loves people and he wants them to come home. And you want it sorted out, like, come back, Jesus. Get me out of here. Come back on the clouds today. You selfish thing, you. Now, honestly, that is so selfish. Because if Jesus comes back on the clouds today, all those who do not know him are left out. Don't you dare be so selfish. It's not about your... Would you stand? Lord, we repent. We so quickly put ourselves at the center of the story. We think it's all about us. Holy Spirit, help us to see the bigger picture. What you're doing and that you cause all things to work together for our good. Because you've called us, you've chosen us, you love us, you've rescued us, redeemed us, set us free, transferred us from the kingdom of darkness, and now you've placed us, you've established us in the kingdom of light. We've been adopted into the family. We are secure in you. None can pluck us from your hand. So we, we turn back to you. Lord, have your way. It's a bigger prayer than we know. Lord, have your way.
Would you be glorified? That's a big prayer. Would you be glorified in our lives, Lord? Where it's about you and not about us and our comfort. About the advance of your kingdom. Thank you, Lord. You're so kind that even in the face, in the midst of our enemies, you prepare a banqueting table for us. You provide for us. Even in the midst of all of the chaos and all of the difficulty and the things we do not understand, but you're still right there. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we're not sure if we are at that level where we can pray with Habakkuk. Even if there are no cattle in the stall, nothing in the bank account, no job, country in recession, yet I will still praise you. Lord, you've got so much work to do in our lives. We've got so much growing to do. Lord, cause us to be a strong and mature people. Not selfish and self-centered. But a people who live for you. For your fame, your glory, your honor. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for these prophets of old. Giving us insights, shafts of light to our path. It appears to be so dark all around us. You give us light that we might see. Speak to our hearts. Strengthen and encourage us as a family, I pray. May your peace invade us right now. Just open up in a very intentional way to receive the peace of God which goes beyond our human reasoning and understanding in spite of all the things we face but we are flooded with a sense of peace Jesus you are the prince of peace flood us right now with who you are thank you Lord that love that comes from the Father, our Father. Thank you that you love us. Let love be poured over each one of us in abundant, lavish, overflowing measure. Liquid, glorious love that sustains us, holds us, strengthens us. And may the sweet fellowship, the strengthening of the one who comes alongside to enable us to live a life that pleases our Father. May that sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in us, with us, over us, in the front, to the side, to the back, above, beneath, absolutely cocooned by you, Holy Spirit. May that be our experience, our portion, today and through this week. And that others as they bump into us, hmm, may they encounter you. May something of the atmosphere of heaven, which is all around us, invade their space as they bump into us. May people have a taste of the goodness of God through us this week. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you. We magnify you. We glorify your name. Hallelujah.